well, didn't have technical difficulties today, but I am here. I am ready to talk. And we're talking about nonprofits, correct? Right. So, right. I, I spent four years as a, well, let me give you a little background. So I went back to school 2005 to 2008 to become a licensed clinical social worker and a licensed chemical dependency counselor. And I started doing my internship at a nonprofit that serves the homeless and the mentally ill. Well, I got in there and I found out that I couldn't counsel that population. There was too much transference. Uh, you know, I thought I was going to save the world. Mm -hmm. And then I heard their problems and I was like, you know, overwhelmed. I was like, what do I do? And uh, it really made me want to just get out of the counseling business altogether. Right. And get out of the nonprofit world, get out of that population. But um, the vice president there was a friend and he said, look, I'll mentor you and teach you how to write grants and raise money so you can serve this population without being emotionally attached to them. So I was like, great, let's do it. And so I spent four years learning that and um, was successful at it, helped raise money to fund a new building, new facilities. They're still in that facility today and learned about the whole process of how a nonprofit works and such. Then jump ahead, I got in financial services. Right now I'm an agent for New York Life and financial services is my real job. But I still have a, a passion for helping and being of service, especially for nonprofits. So I mentor uh, several startup nonprofits here in Dallas, uh, mentor college students. I was a, uh, guest teacher at a local high school here in town until all that shut down. And uh, they have a wonderful program called the Entrepreneur Incubator Program in Frisco, Texas, mm -hmm. where the students get together in groups and they create a product or a service. And then they, in the end, they have to go into in front of a shark tank and pitch the product or service. Mm -hmm. And then they get awarded um, cash. So last year, the previous year, we awarded two different groups with some great products, $1,500 a piece. And so I loved being in that program. But then, of course, COVID happened and that all got shut down. And things are really, um, thanks to COVID and everything that's going on, things are, are really up in arms right now for a lot of nonprofits. So I'm working very closely with the ones I'm working with, letting them know that the money is still there. In fact, there's going to be extra money, but people know how to, they just have to know how to get it. Um, a lot of the nonprofits I work with, they want me to just write grants for them and get them money. Mm -hmm. But over these past couple of years, I've come to some very definite conclusions. And so I wrote a book. It's called Nonprofit Legacy, How to Start and Run a Profitable Nonprofit. and I gave that to one of my mentors and he read it and said, this is great if you have insomnia. And I was like, Oh, shot to the heart. You know, All I know as an author, we put in so much work into our babies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, and he goes, he goes, you know, you write screenplays and stuff. 
how come you didn't put these stories in there? And I was like, well, I want the business information to be correct because this is where a lot of nonprofits are struggling. They don't have, there's three things they don't have. One, they don't have a business plan properly set up. Just the basics. They don't have a business plan. Number two, they don't have the right board of directors. And then number three, they don't know how to write grants and get the money. So every nonprofit comes into the nonprofit arena and in Dallas Fort Worth right now, there's over 37,000 nonprofits and most of them are just barely getting by. And so that's why I started working with them. And, and I was just like, well, I'm just going to write the book, you know, and then um, tell them to read the book. Then, then call me for consultations, you know, cause I'm doing all this for free. Mm-hmm. And so after I got some feedback about the book, I was like, well, I have a personal mission statement and my mission is to have impact, influence and significance in all my relationships, both personal and professional. And so I thought, how can I take my mission statement, fulfill my mission with this book? And I thought, well, the next thing to do is I'll create an online video course for it instead, because not many people read books anymore. And if I do an online video course, I can explain more thoroughly have a bigger audience, have greater impact, greater reach and greater influence and help fulfill my mission more. So right now I'm in the process of putting all that together, scripting that out, and then I'm going to film it. And then I'm going to start a Facebook group and do a five day challenge and teach nonprofits how to do their business plan. Um, so- I need to contact, get you in connection to one of my great friends that has a nonprofit. Well, he's helping with a nonprofit. He actually works a day job, but it was failing and he's trying to rebuild it, restructure it and trying to help. I'm not sure what the nonprofit does that he's working on. Well, that's, yeah, that's great. He can call me. So, you know, that's the, the basics are the basics for a reason. And a business plan is like a foundation for any business, any company, this goes for for profit or for nonprofit. And the thing about that I am stressing, going to be stressing with my course is if you're going to put together a nonprofit, you need to get a legacy. I mean, I want something that's going to live on beyond me, beyond my children, beyond my children's children's. You know, you hear about all the great foundations, the, um, you know, all the stuff that's, that's come before us. And I'm like, well, it doesn't take really that much more effort to do it right and to create a legacy than it does to create something that's not going to last two or three years. And so a lot of the nonprofit startups and the people that want to start nonprofits, they have the passion and they have the cause, but they don't have the business side. Right. You know, there's, there's literally billions of dollars being given away by foundations each year for nonprofits. And as far as the foundation goes, they talk with the IRS and they say, look, we're going to give away this many millions of dollars this year. And then, so they're almost under law basically with the IRS to give away that money. And so 
it's true there is money out there, but the nonprofits aren't set up properly. They don't have the structure, they don't have the foundation, and so they don't get the money. And so, like I said, we got over thirty-seven thousand nonprofits here in Dallas, and they're not 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 doing really well. And so I'm going to start off with the basic foundation and the basic principles of a business plan. Um, we've all heard on Shark Tank and other television shows the 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 millionaire and was like, oh, you know, I had an idea and I was in a restaurant and I just wrote it down on a napkin. You know, I don't have a business plan. I just started my business. Well, so so people hear that and they think, well, great, I can just do that. You know, I don't need a business plan. Well, I, I, I'm going to say you do. And there's several different parts of it. And there's several reasons why you need a good business plan. One is you have to be clear with your mission statement and your vision. And that has to be, um, God, I'm like, lack for words here, translatable to where anybody can read it and understand what your mission is, what's your vision, and why you're doing what you're doing. Because you can't get volunteers, followers, or board members if you're not clear. Fuzzy goals get fuzzy results, right? Right. And so the second part is, is your, your business plan is your roadmap. If we have a clear roadmap, it's going to allow us to also see the roadblocks that could be ahead, the pitfalls, or where we may have some problems, again, so we can do proper planning. The, the old adage is, if you're failing to plan, you're planning to fail. And so if we approach this the right way from the beginning with the business plan, then we can see those things. Also, in business plans, um, not not enough people, not even nonprofits think about this is what's the exit strategy? You know, um, I work with small businesses, especially business partners. And I said, you know, uh, what's your exit strategy? They're like, Oh no, we're friends for life, man. We're never gonna. And I was like, well, business partners end in basically two ways, either death or divorce. Yeah. Any good relationship. I'm working with a business right now. We're looking at a five year exit. Yeah, very good. See, nonprofits don't think about this. That all they think about is I got to get this up and going, and I've got to start getting grant money. I've got to start, you know. And so, if you have the right exit strategy, and I'm talking in terms of legacy here, so this can live on, then we can get that structure piece right. The other thing that they don't really think about or know too much about is their board of directors. So usually like here in Dallas, most nonprofits are started by a single individual and they'll get aunt Sally and uncle Joe to be on their board of directors because that's part of the requirements for having a nonprofit mm -hmm. is you got to have a board of directors. Well, that can lead to problems. So one lady I worked with, she came to me afterwards, she started her new nonprofit, um she was the founder director she got it up and running was doing really well and then she sat on her laurels so to speak and she had put together a good board of directors and 
they sat down, had talks with her and she's like, Oh, look what I accomplished. I did all this, you know, um, I've been doing this for four years now straight. I think I deserve a little bit of a break. Well, she kept sitting on her laurels and they fired her even though she was the director founder of the nonprofit. Oh yeah. And that's, that's the board's job. You know, if somebody's not doing their job, then they need to be removed from their position. And so putting the right board in place with the right board members that have the right access to leaders in the community, they should be leaders themselves, instead of just having family members, is going to make a huge difference. Um, so I'm going to put all this, the first thing I'm going to do is the Facebook group and then the five day challenge to help nonprofits get their business plan together because that's going to be the foundation. And then I'm going to have four other modules included with the video course as well. That's awesome. I mean, you're helping so many people just by getting the nonprofits. Nonprofits are there to help people. <laughs> so instead right. of helping one or two people, you're helping potentially thousands by getting these nonprofits going strong. Exactly. So that's part of my impact, influence, and significance is I can have a greater reach and I will be able to help people that don't know me or whatever. That's fine. <laughs> I will be selling the course, you know, mm -hmm. I will be taking a percentage of the profits and I will be starting my own foundation so that I can be socially responsible as a business owner and give back to the nonprofits of my choice as well. Of course. We live in a capitalist society. You have to monetize your intellectual, your money in your head. Let's put it this way. Yeah. My, my intellectual property. Yeah. yeah. I can't say the word to save myself. So <laughs> I've had strokes. I can't, there's words that just disappear on me. Yeah. So, you know, and, and I think that's important too, as far as any business owner coming into business nowadays, they need to be socially responsible as well. I mean, 2% of your profits, 3% of your profits. Um, yeah. If you can't give that back to the community, mm -hmm then to me that, you know, I can't, I can't think in terms of not giving back to me. That's who I am. You know, that's why I'm helping nonprofits right now. I mean, so I have to do that myself as well and be that example. The other thing that nonprofits have a real problem with is grant money, getting the money. They don't know where to look. They don't know how to look. They don't know how to write the grant. They don't know how to write the grant and it's especially hard and frustrating if you're a brand new startup nonprofit to think that all these people are just going to give you, you know, $50,000 for this new program. And then somebody's going to give you $2 million so you can go purchase this land and put a building on there. And so mm -hmm. you can uh, save the children and all that good stuff. Well, the money's there. Um, one of the biggest things is, is when it comes to the foundations is they're looking for, they're looking at your track record. Okay. Right. What, what have you done with the money you've received? How have you spent it? And what is your actual impact in the community? 
And so if you're a startup nonprofit, you're like, well, I haven't got any money yet. I haven't even got my programs off the ground. And uh, I haven't uh, impacted the community yet. So what do I do? So it's like, it's very much a catch 22 situation. Right. And so one of the things I'm going to talk about is going back to the board members. So you can set your nonprofit up to where when you, when you're taking applications for board members, mm -hmm. they have a certain amount that they are responsible for fundraising, mm -hmm. be it 5,000 a year, 15,000, 20,000, whatever. And you give them two options. They can either write the check themselves or they can go out and raise the money. So when you're taking applications for board members, you want a board member that can do either one or actually you want a board member that can do both. One that can write the check themselves and two, one that has the connections in the community and the know-how to actually go raise the money if they don't want to write the check themselves. Right. There's also a third prong there. You want board members that have experience in a nonprofit. Absolutely. So one of the things I saw is that I've seen it's very prevalent is one, you got this, the, the brother-in-law being on the board. And then two, you have people that are on boards of nonprofits simply so they can put that on their resume and say, Hey, I'm on the board of a nonprofit that uh, serves uh, women and children. Well, that's great. But what's your role on that board? What do you do on a daily basis? How are you contributing mm -hmm. to the betterment of that cause and oftentimes i mean it just i'm just amazed it's it's like well uh yeah we have a board member and we have board members and i'm like well do they meet every quarter oh no we only have an annual meeting for the board members and then a couple of nonprofits here in town i've had a, the classic come to jesus meeting with the board where we had to say, uh, Susie Q, I'm sorry you're not pulling your weight. This is what the expectations are. And uh, the elections are going to come up real soon, or we're going to call for a special election period. We're going to have a proxy here, and we're going to get somebody else to fill your position simply because of that fact that they're on the board of a nonprofit, so they can say, I'm on the board of a nonprofit. It just doesn't work like that in today's no, world. No, it does not. I mean, even a board on a profitable company like Disney, you have to have accountability. You have to have their, I think once a year, they're, hey, do you still want this person in your board members for their, um, if you're a shareholder? But you vote every year if you still want the person on your board. It doesn't matter if it's a nonprofit or profitable. You have to have the right people in the places. Exactly. And so that's another thing that's going to be set up within the business plan and within the LLC itself is what's, what's the terms for the board members? How can they be voted on? How can they be voted off? special elections or annual elections or whatever it is so that you, you got to have the right people there 
because when it comes to nonprofits, it's, it's, it's really a, a, a passion and a labor of love. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing ever really comes easy for nonprofits. And I pretty much let prospective board members or even people that want to start a nonprofit. I've had people come to me and say, hey, I want to start a nonprofit for this. I said, no, you don't. Here's what you do. You go volunteer for that nonprofit because I'm sure there's one that does something very similar, if not the same thing that you want to start. Mm-hmm. You go volunteer for them for at least two weeks and learn everything you can and then come back and we'll discuss whether you want to start a nonprofit or not. <laughs> right. I mean, Easter Seals, we had a um, office where I grew up. It's no longer there, but they take volunteers. They change, train you how to work their nonprofit. You're not getting paid, but you're learning experience. Then do you really want to do it? Or is this just something you want to put on a resume somewhere? Exactly. And, and, and I've had people come to back to me and say, thank you for your advice. I'm not even ready to start my own nonprofit. Exactly. And then they go back and they fall in love with the one they're volunteering for, mm-hmm. which is so important. Yes. I mean, what we do with nonprofits is critical for our society. There's ones that help the women and children. There's ones that just help different community for different things. If we don't have them, we need them. At the same time, not everyone is cut out to run one. Some are just cut out to volunteer. Absolutely. So nonprofits serve that space for populations in our communities and societies that don't have any other way of meeting their basic needs or other types of uh, specialized needs. So there's nonprofits that help people with medical disabilities. There's nonprofits that like I worked at that help the homeless and the mentally ill. Mm -hmm. There's lots of different nonprofits that fill the gaps where city government, state government, and federal government aren't really able to help. And then sometimes I think that there are specific areas where nonprofits come in and help where I don't want the government to be in there. Yeah. You know, it should be something based upon the community for the community of the community and by the community and government does need to be taking care of this. Um, government can support it with financial resources mm-hmm. or other types of resources, but government doesn't need to be running it. Right. That, I mean, we have the autism speaks that's local here that's not something that the government should be running that needs to be run by the community where we have other nonprofits that are here that yeah the government could but do we really want more government oversight in a community-based program right and so you know at at the nonprofit that served the homeless and the mentally ill we had an annual budget of about nine million dollars and we had a lot of grant money from HUD and that was very much needed. And we had HUD oversight, but HUD was not the one actually delivering the services and it worked out wonderful. They still have that partnership today. They're still doing the same mission today. 
And as a nonprofit, one of the things that we did was we would go out and we actually bought apartment properties. And so the model was, is you would bring somebody in off the street that's homeless, um, get them shelter, get them food, get them clothing, mm-hmm. uh, get them into group therapy, medication management, that type of stuff, and build them back up to where they could be back on their own again. Right. And I started with them back in 2008. And of course, 2008, 2009, there was a financial crisis. And we saw an incredible increase in our population simply because people were not financially prepared. And um, it was amazing because the, the population before the financial crisis was, yes, you're a typical homeless person. Mm-hmm they were usually had some sort of problem with addiction and some problem with a mental health disorder. But then after that, it became more average people that were not able to handle their own affairs and just need a little help. But an increase of 2000 clients a year uh, meant we had to raise a lot more money and make sure our budget was tight. Our programs were tight and we had a well oil running ship or we weren't going to make it. Right. I believe there's a program, I forget which state it's in or even what city, they're building tiny houses for the homeless community. So they have an address, they have all their basic needs, and they can go get jobs because what do you need on a job application is an address. How is a homeless person going to get a job when they're actually looking for a job if they don't have an address? Well, yeah, there's, there's no stability there. If, if you're homeless, you don't have any stability. And that's why that model, it worked. It's still working and it will continue to work. And it's unfortunate that there was not more government funding for it. Mm-hmm. And that it was, it's not first and foremost here in America. Um, I'm working with a, a groups right now that serve veterans. And one of the things that I did and I've continued to do is work with homeless veterans, which to me is just the, we have somebody who served our country and how can they be homeless? Right. Now, why, why are there not programs already set up to help these people better than what we already have? Cause obviously if we have a system in place for it right now, it's not working. Yeah. Or we wouldn't have homeless veterans and there's, we need to care for these there's people. There's some government programs out there. One, they're hard to find. I used to be a veteran's wife. So I learned some of this while I was married to the veteran, but there's programs there, but at the same time, they don't help as much as they should. They're not equipped to help or work like they should it's being government run yes but it's not community-based it's not state-based it's not a functioning model at all mm-hmm. right and to me i would say well that goes all that goes back to the business plan you know who wrote the business plan <laughs> i mean when was this business plan wrote was wrote <laughs> 40, 50, 60 years ago was it wrote when the 
uh, civil war was just ending. <laughs> I mean, it's not a working model for today's society. Yeah. And so, you know, that's, that's my mission. That's my passion. I'm glad it's a wonderful passion. I'm glad to give you some coverage, get people to come to you for your programs to learn how to do this. There's so many programs out there that are needed or need to be ran better. <laughs> so we need people like you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So I haven't got to Facebook group up yet. Mm -hmm. Um, I got a lot of irons in the fire right now, so I'm, I'm planning on 1st of July or okay. sooner for the Facebook group. It's going to be called Nonprofit Legacy. It's going to be an open group. Anybody can join. Um, probably a couple of weeks after I get the Facebook group going, then I'm going to start the five-day challenge okay. and see how many nonprofits I can get them up and running with a good business plan. Yeah, because a business plan is your key for anything. I opened my publishing house with no business plan, just an idea. <laughs> now I'm writing the business plan so I can evolve it. Right, exactly. Well, that's, that's another thing I talk about also is the business plan is not a static document. It needs to be revised on an annual basis at the minimum mm -hmm. because as you – as you learn and grow as a business, you're going to uh, improve some processes. Some systems are going to be added. Some processes and some systems are going to be deleted and taken away. And if they're no longer relevant, you know, technologies change all the time. If it's no longer relevant, take it out of the business plan. It's, it's actually more of a living document that's going to be the roadmap for the continued success and not something that's just written once and it's, Oh, it's in file number 582B over there. And yeah. if we need it, we'll go look at it. It yeah. doesn't work that way. No, I have a friend that owns a company and he revises his business plan every quarter. Oh, yeah. See, well, I wasn't going to be so bold as to say that, but that's, that is my actual advice because the way we're moving today with technology, every quarter is not, you know, not a bad idea. Every six months, some of them, though, they, like I said, they're just sitting in a drawer somewhere. They don't even revise them annually. Yeah. But, and if you ask a company, when it was the last time they had their business plan revised and they're one of the companies that's going out of business, that's probably your reason why. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I don't know how much time we have because my technology's broke. <laughs> Oh, it's fine. Where can our listeners, watchers find you right now? Oh, okay, cool. Um, well, they can reach out to me on LinkedIn, David Baird, or they can uh, reach me on Facebook, David Baird, or they can reach me on Instagram at David, the number four, good. Um, I don't have uh, the domains up, but I will have the domain up for uh, nonprofitlegacy.com, nonprofitlegacy.org, and nonprofitlegacy.news as well. But those aren't up yet because they're in the making. Well, as soon as you get them up, let me know and I'll add them to the um, feeds where this video is. And I'll just I update everything constantly <laughs> because I'm OCD like that. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, 
Yeah. So it's wonderful having you on the show today. And hopefully we get some of these nonprofits funneled to you so they can be running at optimal business platforms. That would be great. I'm here to help. So thank you so much for having me today. Awesome. Thank you so much and have a wonderful day.